hieroglyphic <laughs> wallpaper. And at that wall, I looked at it and said, I've never, <laughs> I've never liked you. i never liked you. Straight out of Alexandria. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inconclusive, the podcast where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive, my name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candace. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. It is important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Hello, listeners. We are doing kind of a special standalone episode about transition with all of the COVID craziness. And it seems like everyone is in transition right now um, between either job loss or or school or whatever, right? Traveling, Mm -hmm. not being able to travel or all of that stuff. It feels like most people are in a season of transition right now. Um, and we just kind of wanted to share some of our own transition stories um, to let you know you're not alone. It's happening to all of us. You are not alone. <laughs> Before. I am here with you. Are you still <laughs> recording? <laughs> always James. in my heart. You guys know that song, Michael yes. Jordan? I'm going to put a bit of that in the. Oh, my God. No, all right, go ahead, though. Well, so I was just going to say, if you're, like, when I, before I moved to Taiwan, like, I had no concept of what the word transition could mean other than transitioning genders. That was the only concept I had for Mm. the word transition. So when people were saying, like, oh, I'm transitioning right now, I was like, what on earth? I was super confused. I mean, I'm not. So for anyone who was like me and had no idea what that was, transition as in going from one, uh, set understanding of the way things are to another set understanding mm. of the way things are. Not changing your worldview per se, but changing your lifestyle yeah. in some mm. way. Having to adjust your schedule, your location, your uh, daily workings, your comings and goings, your people Routines, that you're surrounded uh, by. Spending routines, patterns. Spending patterns, all that stuff. Amount of food stuff. panda orders. Yeah. <laughs> From I like how you define the term there. Thank you, job. Helpful. Good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Clapping um, and affirmation all around. <laughs> so uh, I think I'll start with kind of my story or my transition story. So I have been a teacher. This is my sixth year teaching. And I'm going into my third different position as a teacher. So I started off my teaching career um, teaching fourth grade. And I did that for two years. And then I transitioned grades and schools and taught second grade for two years. And then I transitioned from that school and country to come to Taiwan to teach sixth and seventh grade for two years. And now I'm transitioning again back into elementary to teach fifth grade. So um, possibly for two years, maybe more, who knows, (laughs) as the pattern states, it'll be two years and (laughs) we'll have this conversation again. So you did like two years of, just only two years of middle school? Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite thing and least favorite thing of middle schoolers or of, of yeah, teaching middle school. Raft with your middle my, school the, years It's the same. Second. It's definitely the same. Oh. Um, middle schoolers would be my favorite and least, least favorite part of teaching oh, middle school. Um, middle schoolers are equal parts, wonderful, tiny people who are, who are <laughs> funny and, and transitioning into adulthood and who have 
clever understandings of the world around them. But at the same time, I think as we said in one of our last episodes, are turds. <laughs> so it's like I personally don't think both. middle schoolers are turds. I just want all of my middle schoolers to know that. I do not think you're turds. Also, I apologize if our use of the word turd is uncomfortable for Ms. you. Mr. I'm aware my mom is Mr. listening. Mr. Taylor definitely was a turd in middle school, so he is very comfortable saying that at least middle school boys are turds. <laughs> so I decided to transition in back into fifth grade to a new job role coming up this year because I don't think middle school was a very good fit for me. I think that my teaching style and some of the things that I enjoy doing, um, it, it didn't fit with teaching middle school, which honestly I would not have known had I not had, you know, four years of elementary experience and before going. So it seemed kind of like a, a good normal thing for me to go back to something that I, I'm more comfortable with an age range that I'm a little bit more comfortable with curriculum that I'm a little bit more comfortable with. Um, fun fact, the curriculum that I'm teaching in fifth grade for math is the same curriculum I taught at both of the other schools that I worked at. So hmm. it's kind of nice to be able to like go back what to is it? Familiar, the, in- the engaged New York math stuff. Um, <laughs> James is having a visceral response. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, he stopped himself after he realized he was faking vomiting actions and I'm knew inst- about my triggering. I instead have a headache. Uh, <laughs> Just I, a mild one, not a migraine, not a migraine. Just I love a having headache. friends that, that affirm and protect me from, from things that upset me. So it's very nice. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so I think to kind of explain part of this transition, I'm just going to kind of go back and talk about like what it means to change, like to, to start teaching, like to set up a classroom and stuff. So being a teacher is, um, a lot of working with kids, but it's also a lot of working behind the scenes, right? You set up a classroom to be able to be more comfortable, to be able to facilitate better learning, to be able to have, um, in an elementary setting, you have to have room, like spaces that are designated for, I mean, you don't have to, but usually you have spaces that are designated for different things. This is the spot that we learn social studies. And this is the spot that we do reading and this is where we do math and kind of that stuff. So part of my transition right now is coming up with those plans, those movement patterns, the places that I want kids to be able to do things and and the flow, the general flow of the classroom. Also... Flow from progressive. (laughs) You guys know who that is? No. Yes. The the progressive lady. The progressive insurance company. Her name is Flo. Sorry, I was, I mean... I'm always late to that. (laughs) I I just like rolled my eyes at James, but Abigail totally did not understand. Straight over my head. It's good. Um, I would have known if you were talking about the Geico Gecko. I would have known Mm. that one. 15 minutes could save you 15% 15 or more. more Hey, wait, 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 don't finish that. Geico, you got to pay us before we utter the entire catchphrase. (laughs) Shout out to Flo. (laughs) Competing. Goodness. Um, so, so I'm working on that, right? Getting kind of the classroom setup done. Also, in elementary, things are a lot more scripted than they are mm, in middle school yep. because you need to take into account like a longer period of the day, right? Working with the kids for what, an hour and a half or almost two hours versus working with kids for literally seven, um, kind of making sure that it, you have scripted breaks and you have scripted transit, like like not transition yeah. like we're talking about, Routine. but like movement times and routines that are set into mm-hmm. place. So getting those kind of planned the, out. Those are really important because it takes them a while to get used to like moving patterns yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. going from one task to the other. And that's one of the challenging things about elementary into middle school, yeah. I think, for a lot of the That kids. was really challenging for me because um, a lot of 
maybe you're going to learn a lot more about education than you ever thought that you wanted to, my listener friends. But um, a lot of best practice does say that having like the same way that kids move in the classroom and the same kinds of routines that they do every day to pick up work, to drop off work, to be able to um, exit and enter the classroom, those kinds of exactly the same, that built-in structure helps classrooms run more smoothly. Makes kids feel more safe. It makes them feel more safe. They get more actual authentic learning done because you're not taking five minutes to get papers passed out because you have something that's in place from every day from day one that the papers get passed out. Now, halfway through the year, they can do it in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. um, because it's been consistently the same. So there's a lot of like right now planning that kind of stuff, not to mention having um, moved physical rooms too. I moved down the hall, um, not super far, but definitely like had to move my stuff out, get what was mine versus what belonged to the school, um, what was mine, but maybe not appropriate for teaching fifth grade. See if the new middle school teacher, um, if she wanted that stuff, shout out Miss Rowe. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to coordinate that kind of stuff with with her to make sure that she felt set up in her transition, actually transitioning from fifth grade into middle school. Um, another weird part of what I'm doing next year is I'll also be teaching um, middle school drama still, and I will also be teaching high school drama, which I haven't done before. I Super exciting. first started teaching drama two years ago, having no background in it and having never even participated in a play before. What? Um, yeah, so it was totally random. And so it was... That's super surprising because I feel like you are such a dramatic person, <laughs> not in a way like a like an emotional way, but like a, you were built to be in a theater. Like I feel like you would have been an excellent like, uh, like actress. That is really funny because sort. that is what um, our superintendent kept saying during all of like our PFO stuff. He kept mm. saying, "Man, you're going to be such a good drama teacher. You're just so dramatic." Oh. Over and over, and he meant it as a compliment. But I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> um, I was going to say the same thing, but you beat me to the proverbial punch. Mm. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, and then so transitioning from just doing like middle school level plays, finding stuff that's more appropriate for high school and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, I think, maybe my big main like arc of transition. And I think it's kind of scary, right? When you change from doing something that was fam- recently, most recently familiar to doing something that is not familiar at all. Even though I have taught elementary before, I've never taught fifth grade. And so I'm transitioning into a a new grade for me, and I'm transitioning to a new team. The teachers who I'll be working with are not the same teachers who I have been working with. Um, I'll have kind of a new, a different chain of command than I've been used to, different person who's observing my lessons. You'll see me less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of these things hey, that... We'll be all, we'll be all in all three branches of the school. <gasps> yeah, true. that is true. Time to seize power. <laughs> <laughs> Starts from within. Oh, um, my. So there's definitely been some some things I've been nervous about. Uh, I'm worried that, of course, that, like, things aren't going to go how I imagine that they're going to go or that it will be harder than I remember. Or we have some really – one of the things about our school is, like, somehow we snatch up all of the amazing teachers. Like, I can't imagine that there's another school with as amazing teachers because they're all here. Um, And I'm working – going to be working alongside of, as our fourth grade teacher, is probably one of, like, the best elementary Mm -hmm. teachers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've worked with, I mean, six years' worth. And so – um, so that makes me nervous. Like, what if comparatively I don't 
you know, add up mm-hmm. to how other people are. So that's kind of an emotional part of my transition. Do you feel like that piece is associated also with your personality that you uh, want to be successful in all you do and you're nervous about the prospect of not being successful yeah. or, or having to at least grow in that quickly if, if you're not already naturally awesome yeah. at t- fifth grade? I definitely think that. I think personality ties with the way and how you transition between things mm-hmm. really like like totally married because you can't really transition without it being a part of mm-hmm. you. Right? It's not and, in isolation. And so the way that my, my personality, which values success, Enneagram 3, <laughs> all you Enneagram users out there, um, definitely affects what I'm afraid of moving forward. And we'll be right back after this break. with Abigail. Today's book is At Swim Two Birds by Flan O'Brien. At Swim Two Birds tells the story of a student living with his uncle while studying for his degree at college. The student writes a novel about a writer named Trellis whose characters decide to revolt against their author. Writings soon become intertwined with each other. This book is a metafiction piece and can be confusing at times. See you next time. And welcome back. We are talking, talking about, about transitions, transitions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during this episode. And I was just kind of sharing mine transitioning through jobs. And I was talking about how it was maybe hard and a little scary. But ultimately, I am excited and looking forward to my new adventure. Candice, why don't you share a little bit about your transition? Um, my most, I guess my most recent transition is I moved apartments in the same building. I moved from... Uh, one floor, three floors down to an apartment across the hall. So my apartment is uh, now a mirror flip to my old apartment, and it's a little bit lower in my building. Um, Still significantly high up, which is great because I love the the sky view, and um, I'm enjoying it so far. But the, the process of moving started because I wanted to paint my old apartment. And um, I uh, started the process of painting, but with the process of painting, I had to get it approved by the landlord or, and as well as the school because um, I wanted to uh, paint using uh, someone hired by the school. And so they came into my apartment and discovered that I had black mold right above both of my be- guest bedroom bed and my master bedroom bed. And they said, um, this needs to be fixed. They actually called it wall cancer. And I was like, oh my, this is bad yeah, That's the Chinese term for it. That oh. is insanely mm-hmm. smart because yeah. I guess it is. It is wall cancer. And the Surprise segment of Words Are Hard with James. B-I is wall cancer. <laughs> Which translates to black mold. Well, it translates to wall cancer literally, but it means... Contextually. Contextually, it means black mold mm. or anything that damages the integrity of the wall. Mm. Oh. So how do you distinguish between the two? With something like Between if you had wall can- cancer ver- versus, versus or black mold cancer? versus oh. if you had black mold versus like uh, structural integrity problems with cement. Um, I do not know. Pass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, so after they found that out, then they asked if the landlord, because that's apparently a part of the landlord agreement with the school, it, that the landlord fix the black mold. Landlord declined to fix it, and so the school said we would rather you be healthy than. 
uh, to continue living in the space. So we're going to Shout move out you school. out. Shout out the school. Heck they yeah. paid for my Undisclosed move. international school in Taiwan. We've Great definitely job. said the name of it before. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but that means you have to go listen to our other episodes to find out. It's true. And so I was really thankful that I work at a school that cares so much about my health that they would say, we don't feel comfortable you sleeping in a space where your health could be damaged. We want to make sure that you live in a space where you are healthy from the get-go. Mm. So I started the process of moving, started packing up, and one of the major benefits of needing to move was that I had to downsize a lot of my, or I wanted to downsize a lot of my things. I reread Marie Kondo's books, both of them actually, in the last couple of months, and uh, it made me let go of a lot mm. of baggage I was carrying, a lot of um, papers and Like clothes. things that didn't spark joy things that didn't spark joy <laughs> correct and sorry i said that with a very sarcastic tone <laughs> i definitely meant it in a very sarcastic t- i mean not sarcastic tone <laughs> that was that seemed like a Freudian slip for a second mm. um but the that all of those good things came out too with i also got to totally redesign the space that i was moving mm. into with my old apartment i um there was a lot of landlord furniture and a lot of it i really liked but some of it was land- furniture that i would have preferred not to have in mm. the space just cuz it was a, there was a lot of furniture already in it lots of storage lots of very tall wardrobes that either i had to put things in or just put them in another room where i wouldn't see every day cuz it was just a lot of stuff and this new space the school was willing to let me um move all of the, uh, the the my new apartment's landlord's furniture out of it, and I could fill it with my own furniture, That's which really was a awesome. huge yeah. blessing. So if you don't if you don't know, a lot of apartments that you rent in Taiwan come fully furnished, mm-hmm. but not necessarily with like matching furniture or with or Western furniture. With Western furniture. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's a there's a couch here that's very common. There's kind of a different standard of what furnishing means, mm. and yeah, there's yeah. not an there's not as much an emphasis of how your house makes you feel. Mm. It's well, more like, just it functional. Yeah. Just like have a bed. All right. Yeah. Has a closet. All right. Yeah. It's not like, does it look good together? Do your mm-hmm. sheets match with your curtains? Right. Whatever. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So it was it was really great that the school was willing to um, store the furniture from the landlord. They have a storage facility where they put any excess landlord furniture. So it was great because then I could totally design the space I wanted. I chose my paint colors because they I could still paint this new apartment space. And I actually just finished painting it this week and uh, got pictures all hanging up on all of the walls and um, it finally is feeling like I'm settled in in the space and can call it my own. Like my old apartment, I loved it. I loved the view. I loved where it was. I loved the size of it because this new, new apartment is slightly smaller, partially because the elevator takes away from the space of this column's mm. apartments. I, I found out why because I, I, after I got into the new space, I was like, this feels slightly smaller. Like certain pieces of furniture wouldn't fit. Like I had a dishwashing rack that wouldn't fit in the sink anymore. And I was like, this is just a sink it should be the same and then i realized the the kitchen is slightly smaller because of the elevator not all sinks are created equal correct and so they're like i'm a sinkist (laughs) <laughs> Even with that downside of, of losing a little bit of fa- space, actually I'm starting to think of it as a major positive too because it's really forcing me to be careful about what I bring in. I'm, I'm more careful now about furniture pieces that I'm buying, um, the amount of clutter in the space, uh, if I'm willing to leave clothes unfolded in a pile anywhere. Now it drives me crazy to have any clothes anywhere other than either in the washing machine or in my drawers. So I'm constantly making sure that everything is clean now. But it's also freeing because 
the space is as open as it will ever be right now, and I can slowly add in pieces until it's still the space that feels yeah. open and comfortable, but also isn't um, is still maximizing its use. Yeah. And even though it was kind of like a forced transition, it's turned out really, really, mm-hmm. really good. And I rafted with my old apartment. For you listeners that don't know what, what that I was talking to earlier about transition and gave you that definition, uh, rafting is uh, an acrostic that people, especially in international communities, use when talking about transition. It's sort of this four-step process where, uh, can you remind me again what each one means? R I is, don't believe in rafting, so you're going to have to do this on your own. <laughs> I don't R is what I know. they reconcile, mean. Yeah, reconcile with any, like, bi- like, try to patch up relationships that have been broken before you leave. A is a- affirmation. It's affirming what you see in other people. I can't remember what the F means. It's um, Farewell. Oh, saying farewell, really? Is that it? Yeah, so saying farewell to people and then think destination. But like also things. Forward. Like you talk about rafting with things, yeah. not just people too. Right. So I, I walked into each of my rooms after I had moved out of my old apartment and said, thank you for uh, being the guest bedroom that I could house uh, the uh, student teacher that stayed with me last year. Thank you, get master bedroom, for being the first place that I came to in Taiwan and I could sleep my first night here. Uh, thank you, living room, for being where I, uh, first uh, Skype called with my parents after I moved here and you first showed me a beautiful view when I first moved here and you've been here for all of my TV watching and entertaining and cooking and mm. everything else and it sounds really weird to describe to and you all you how I Did you forgive the wall corner that you accidentally stubbed your toe on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at, I have, in my old apartment there was a paneled wall of pharaoh hieroglyphic <laughs> wallpaper <laughs> and at that wall I looked at it and have said, I never wall. liked you. <laughs> I never liked Straight you. Straight out of Alexandria. <laughs> it was so random. It's it was the reason so I random. wanted to paint my apartment was because I was so tired of seeing it. And I even had a curtain hanging over it, as did the last person who lived in my apartment. She also had a curtain. The reason I know this is because her video walkthrough of the apartment was the one that was sent to all of us when we moved yeah, here about yeah. what remember, an apartment would look like. I remember being afraid slash excited that my house would have a hieroglyphic wall. <laughs> And it had, the crazy thing too is that the old apartment that I lived in had um, laminate wood floors and the new apartment that I moved into also has laminate wood floors. While that sounds, may sound weird to you, most apartments in Taiwan are tile. Tile, yeah. The ones that I lived on on in the same community were both tile, Mm -hmm. no laminate. Would. And it's, which it makes it so much softer. It makes it so much softer. And it's something that's always been close to my heart, which sounds really random, but I really love wood floors because I grew up with a, like a hundred year old house that had mm. beautiful old wood floors. So I've always loved wood floors. And even though they're laminate, it still is like just a little extra slice yeah. of, I don't know if it's normalcy, but just familiarity mm. in, in a home for me. It's a little bit more comfy. And with that, we will take a quick break. Welcome to the segment called Words Are Hard with Candace, where I share an interesting word or phrase. Today's phrase is requested by Abigail. Pardon my French. Pardon my French, according to Reader's Digest, stems from England and France's millennia-old beef with each other. In 1066, William, Duke of Normandy, seized England, leading to a never-before-seen integration of French words into the English lexicon. According to Merriam-Webster, William put French-speaking Normans in nearly all positions of power in the country. English got Frenchified became the tool of the ruling class of England. So if they were talking to someone they saw as below their social status, they would apologize for speaking French to them. 
Early usage of the phrase can be found in a story published by Carl von Milty in his 1831 book, The Twelve Nights. My dear Mr. Hartwell, you are coming to see me at last. Bless me, how fat you are grown. Absolutely round as a ball. You will soon be as en bon point, excuse my French, as your poor dear father, the major. For those who do not speak French, en bon point is defined as the plumpness of a person. In this instance, the speaker is not apologizing for the insult, just for doing it in French. Given the phrase's already established aptitude for resolving verbal violations, pardon my French transitioned into a way to atone for general foul language, as over time, French words phased out of common usage in English. The phrase evolved from a bona fide apology for using haughty language to a bona fide apology for using naughty language. In both cases, it is an atonement for being, in some way, shape, or form, intolerable. Pardon my French. And welcome back. Before the break, I told my story about um, moving to different apartment to a different apartment in my building this summer, and um, how awesome it was that it happened now and not at another time, and the way that it happened, all the good stuff. Yay, transition! But I think James has a story now. The story I'm going to tell is a story about my anterior cruciate ligament. So I like sports, and I like basketball a lot. Basketball is my life. That's if you recall not true. previous that's 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 not true, you're right. If you call if you recall my previous our previous episode when I first encountered basketball, it was it was a bad it was a bad situation because I was not a real American <laughs> until I learned how to play basketball. So now I would say I'm a real American. <laughs> um I, Which means I still don't I know have my American basketball. card either. Yeah, I guess I guess not. Sorry. Um and uh at the end of last school year, after the season ended, we had some off-season scrimmages, and uh, I'd actually played in a soccer game, of a soccer scrimmage, because all our games got canceled because COVID is, you know, a nice friend of large gatherings. So we avoided all of those. <laughs> and um, so our varsity girls team did not have anyone to play against. They didn't have a tournament to go to. So... Our athletic director was like, hey, you know, let's get some teachers and you do a scrimmage. And I'm terrible at soccer. So I was like, hey, you know, I could probably go out there and embarrass myself. And that's what I did. Uh, but in addition to embarrassing myself, I, <laughs> I also... I heard you were a hard player. I, I, heard well. I heard nothing. That's a total lie. <laughs> Whoever told you that needs to check themselves um, for lies. <laughs> check for lies, check, not lies. Check for lies, not lies. Although... It's good anyways, to check. It's, it's always good, to, good check. to check. Um... Shout out to monkeys for checking each other's skin for bugs <laughs> and eating them. And school secretaries who and often have to check little children head for lice. Oh, and also investigators terrible. who do check lie detector lies. tests. Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> so in the soccer game, I strained my hamstring. And if you are not super familiar with what the anterior cruciate ligament does, it does it has a similar function as your hamstring. Actually, it keeps your leg from bending the wrong way, and mm. it holds holds your knee together quite well. So I strained my hamstring at the soccer game, and I thought it was just like a I thought it was just like a chill strain, you know, like after you haven't done something for a while, like a sore muscle, like a sore of. muscle, and it was okay a few days later, but. A, maybe like a week or a week and a half later, I was playing basketball and I jumped up and I turned really weird as I was jumping to avoid 
running over someone. And as I landed, I think I hyperextended my knee, mm. which is when your knee bends too much in the wrong direction, not sideways. It kind of bent too Backwards. much. So that's not when you tore your ACL? Um, that is when I tore my ACL. So it tore when you hyperextended? It tore when I hyperextended it, yeah. Mm. Because my hamstring wasn't strong enough to keep my keep knee in, in ah. from just stopping at being straight, it went a bit more. Mm. Um, and so I'd never had a knee injury or anything like that, so I didn't really know what was happening to me other than my knee really hurt. The back of my knee really, really hurt. Um, I think that's, I guess, where the maybe the ACL sensation came from. But anyway, so I, like... That was like beginning of May. And so I, you know, I went to the doctor the next day, got an x-ray, couldn't really tell anything because it was squo- super swollen. And then I went back maybe a week and a half later for an MRI. And then I had to wait another week to see the results. But shout out to Taiwan's uh, health system for, for being awesome, uh, cheap mm, and amen. effective and fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found out I had a torn ACL, first like ligament tear in my entire life, anywhere on my body. So it was kind of a weird experience, and so I had to have surgery. So that went well, thankfully, but I kind of had like maybe a month of just like being pretty much disabled and not being able to do things on my own. Shout out to Mackenzie, my most beloved wife for caring for me, especially that first week when she also had a migraine. She had to, like, make me food and bring it to me because I couldn't stand for prolonged periods of time mm-hmm. because the swelling was really bad, so then all the blood was just getting, on, like, in my leg. Um, if I stood for too long, it was gross. Mackenzie's a wonderful human. Yes. Heck, yeah. All shout right. out. Double shout out. Triple, Triple shout, shout out. Triple um, shout out. I love you forever. And so she, like, is probably blushing if she's listening to this, but... <laughs> She, like, cared for me, um, but it was really, really hard because I like to do things my way. Mm. <laughs> and uh, if you know me, speaking of Enneagrams, I'm an Enneagram 1. So shout out to all of you who hate shout outs, and this is the <laughs> last one, but to all the Enneagram 1s <laughs> out there who know how to run this world. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of hard. And I think... One thing that I'm grateful for in terms of my personality is I was pretty vigilant of in like in terms of keeping up with my physical therapy and the exercises that, that I had to do because I was really like a rule follower. So I got to do it, you know, however many times a day. And I was kept count of, you know, I had to do it in a certain order and all that kind of fun stuff. So I've been rehabbing since then. I'm now walking around without a brace which is great. But for a while I had just sitting on I was just sitting on the couch most of the day and waiting for food to be brought to me. <laughs> I felt like a useless lump of flesh. Mm. Um which I I would categorize myself as a useless lump of flesh Never. for the those few weeks. Never. Yeah. So you were still made in the image of God even while you were having swollen knee problems. You were still made in the image of God. Still infinitely up, valuable. Straight up. Lump, Lump of flesh, flesh made yes. in the image of God. Useless, no. I would say a broken image of broken image bearer of God at that point. Only, We're only all broken, broken. Yeah, Sin. only broken in physical technicality, not That's in not in literal value. More physically broken than a normal healthy person with yes, two ACLs. But if someone didn't have a leg at all, would they still be broken, quote unquote? 
Like if they're amputated. Yeah, we're leg. all broken. Yeah, yes. so that's a different kind of broken, right? Like that we're all broken. Well, some people with, I would say, if you do not have legs, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> more power to you, brother Still like, and sister, valuable. like whatever you, uh, that's tough. Best of luck to you. Let us know how we can design this world to be more accommodating to you and your disability. Ooh, look at the way I saved that. Well done. <laughs> I, I was going to ask no, you in terms of digging a hole. So, like, I, it, no. for a while after you were after you had the surgery, you were walking around on crutches. You yeah. your, your brace was totally turned straight, so you couldn't bend your leg at all. It took for the a long first week, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it took it took you a long time to get from point A to point B in in a space. Dude, I had to when I went for my one week checkup with the doctor mm-hmm. i had to walk from basically the front of ida to the ida hospital to the to where the doctor's office was and i was sweating so hard because i was mm. just crutching the whole way and it, was, mm. it was terrible anyways your question i was just gonna ask did you did you feel any sense of like you like you've already touched on it of like not feeling like you are a part of the world like in the same way that people who don't who don't have any problems walking around are, hmm. did you feel like less than in some question. way? No, hmm. that's good. I'm very firm in my <laughs> my self image, uh, but I did feel useless. Mm. I didn't feel like I was less of a. I maybe f- felt like less of a contributing member mm. in my marriage. Mm. I'm so glad school is out. Yeah, like that would have been oh, really yeah. really hard. And I'm so glad that, like, we didn't have any plans to, like, travel or anything because, you know, COVID COVID. is a great friend of large gatherings on an airplane (laughs) uh, for 12 hours in a row. But we, um, I'm really glad that I was just mostly at home. Mm. But I did feel like I was not contributing to, like, chores. Like, I usually do the dishes, Mm. but Mackenzie had to do all the dishes and I, that I felt bad about cause I was mm. like, I know you hate doing the dishes, but I literally cannot stand there mm. for more than like a minute before mm. my yeah. like mm. foot started getting numb mm. or whatever. Um, but I think as I recovered, I began to do more and more things that I was able to do. Um, but I, so I didn't feel like I was less of a member of society mm. because partly because I wasn't interacting with society mm. as much. Because none of us were at that point. We're kind of by ourselves for now. The few people I interacted with were very kind and like, hey, do you need to elevate your leg? Do you you can sit over on the couch or whatever. Mm. So, yeah, shout out to all the people that were kind to me. Ever? No, just during this period. (laughs) Other kind people, I guess, shout out to you. Mm. I need to stop shouting out. <laughs> the, the reason the reason why I asked is because um, when I was in high school, I'd cut my Achilles tendon, and I had to be in a wheelchair for, I think, six weeks, and I was crutches for another six weeks or five weeks, and, and then I had a, a, a foot brace for another month. So I was in for pretty much the entire fall semester of sophomore, no, junior year. Then I had something where I was weird in some way mm. in, in that semester. Like I remember I stood on the sideline for marching band. I had, when I was in wheelchair, I couldn't get into certain buildings and I started really being aware of like, wow, there's not a wheelchair ramp until you get to the complete back end of this building. You ha- yeah. It takes forever to get into buildings. It yeah. takes forever to do this because you have to use all of their accessibility arrangements. It was actually strange for me because most places in Taiwan have are pretty good about like elevators, mm-hmm. um, but actually it was better for me to do stairs than a ramp. 
Mm. So it was actually more frustrating to me to go up a wheelchair ramp mm. than to go upstairs. Interesting. Because... So you have to bend your foot in some way to yeah. stress your... Yeah, it's harder to walk, especially down a slope, mm. because like yeah. your knee, oh, yeah. your knee's got to be strong mm. if you're going down a slope. Yeah. So kind of opposite experience. But I did notice like, oh... There's a ramp there. Mm-hmm. I can't go up the ramp. Yeah. Here are some stairs. So it's like an opposite <laughs> yeah. uh, accessibility thing. Mm. And with that, we're going to need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to Jokes and Jocular Facts with James. With James. With James. Today's joke is, what happens if you don't pay your exorcist? You get repossessed. Today's jocular fact is, Captain Crunch's full name is Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Even casual cereal eaters probably know that the Rice Krispie mascots are called Snap, Crackle, and Pop. But only cereal connoisseurs will be able to tell you that Captain Crunch is just a nickname. The next time you're enjoying a bowl for breakfast, you can tell everyone around you that his full name happens to be much more formal. Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Yes, Magellan. Like the Portuguese explorer, Ferdinand Magellan. This has been Jokes and Jocular Facts with James. Catch you next time. And we are back. We've been talking about transition, and I think, Abigail, you have a question yeah. for me? Yeah. Since we are talking about transitions, I was wondering how your transition has been for you. You know what? It was kind of hard. But I think one thing that really helped me was sticking to routines and keeping my end goal in mind. Um, for a while, I was really hard on myself because I was like, I should have been better about, like, noticing my ham- there was something wrong with my hamstring and like working out my legs more and not playing soccer. Um, but at one point I was like, you know, it's past. I just need to move on and mm-hmm. like keep doing the daily things that'll help me get better. And so that I can return to being a normally able to move around person and contribute to keeping my house like doing the dishes and vacuuming and all that fun stuff. What about, same question for you, Candice. What about your transition? Um, How is it? What, I don't remember exactly what the question was. What's it been like? What's it been like, yeah. Um, I'm looking back on it with lots of gratitude now because uh, like while there were certain parts that I was like, oh, this is really tough or I wish that this could, this would, I would wish this part could be over or I wish like all the packing could be done already. Mm-hmm. But now that it's done, now that I'm in the space and the walls are painted and everything is feeling uh, home-like for me, then it, I'm looking back going very thankful that it all happened with this COVID sum- summer where I wasn't going to go back to the States to see my family. And because of not going back to see, see my family, that's why I initiated I Want to Paint. And that's what started them finding black mold on my walls and knowing that it would be unhealthy for me. I was even able to like 
bond with my sister a little bit more, even though we're literally thousands of miles apart. She helped me design the new space I was in. She helped me pick the paint colors I would put on the walls, where to put the frames everywhere, what kind of furniture I should look into. Like she is getting to use some of her design expertise in helping me. And in, I'm really thankful for all of it. So more than likely, I would have been sleeping in an unhealthy for me space for much longer had I not been already planning to not go home because of COVID. So that was one major blessing wow, to come yeah. out of all of it is that I'm no longer sleeping under black mold. So. That's awesome. Nice. What about for you, Abigail? What was your transition like? Well, I'm still kind of in the middle of it, I think, That's true. right? Because school doesn't start for another month. But I do think that the longer I've, I guess, sat in the transition, the more I think I'm able to look at it with like excited anticipation rather than, well, I guess that's not true. I've always kind of looked at it with a little bit of excitement because um, middle school is hard. Like I really enjoyed my classes. I know some of you listen, like I really enjoyed the kids that I was teaching and I really enjoyed the content that I was teaching, but it was so different than what I was used to. Um, and I think I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think it's a very certain type of person who does very well as a middle school teacher. And I think that I would not that kind of a person. Mm. So, um, which is okay. And I think that moving forward, I'm, I'm looking, being a type three, I'm looking forward to having something that I know I can be more successful at, even though I am nervous because of how amazing, um, the fourth grade teacher and some and many many of the other teachers in the elementary wing are but also specifically the shout out <laughs> Shelly Fusca <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so I see so I think that's excited anticipation mm -hmm. so I guess maybe to end we can each give a small bit of advice for people who may be transitioning or feel frustrated mm -hmm. about yeah. their transition yeah. um I can start. Yeah, or, go for it. Okay, so I feel like one thing that I learned, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is um, like set routines for yourself. Mm. And I know that's like a very um, one thing for me to say, but I, I think it's really important because in transition a lot of times, and having moved like I don't even know how many times, um, it's easy to kind of get stuck on the bad things that have happened in the past or on maybe blaming yourself for certain things. Uh, and one thing that helps me move forward is to, to keep up with the small things and to make sure I'm doing them well. Um, and that kind of helps me move along and not get bogged down in like feeling like remorse or sadness or whatever about the past. But I mean, that's, that's, that's one advice I would give. And to keep like, keep the end goal in mind of like, here's what I'm aiming for and set a goal for yourself and work toward it. I guess my one piece of advice would be not to bottle in um, frustrations or anything. Like I remember at the very beginning of the process, I was, I was frustrated with my landlord because I was like, why, why not just fix it if this is a part of your agreement? Mm. And the landlord still had to fix it after I moved out in order to have another tenant because the government said, she, said that they had to. And so I was, I was frustrated at that, that I had to do all the work of, of, packing up and everything just because someone didn't want to do something they had agreed to. But after I like verbally processed that and, and I like wrote about it and was just kind of looking again, trying to shift my mindset back to the positive things and the ways that this would be really helpful for me, I think have panned out well by now. Mm. And um, shout out 
to anyone who has listened to me verbally vent about moving this summer. And, and I'm thankful for everyone who has been here to support me and help me with pieces of the process, especially the school. Thank yeah. you, school. I think for me, my advice, like James's, was very, very one-ish. Mine's about to be very three-ish. I mm -hmm. think as you are transitioning, it's really important not to be comparing yourself to the people around you who have already gone through it earlier. Mm. So even though I talk about how it's going to be hard teaching next to such excellent teachers, I have the way that my transition will continue to be smooth will be being be me just making sure I'm being the best me that I can be mm. in my position and not oh, if only I did this differently or if mm -hmm. only I can see that they're doing this because they're not in the same space that I'm yep. in, um, not in the same uh, spot of the, their transition as I am. Like our fourth grade teacher uh, has been here for many years doing the same grade. So it, she's in a much different spot than I will be in August starting fifth grade for the first time. Mm. And being able to just compare myself to myself mm. and that I'm improving as a person um, is in which has for other transitions that I've gone through and being able to look forward is maybe the best advice that I could give. Mm. Nice. Well, listeners, we hope that whatever transition you may be going through, that you stay true to who you are. I guess that's one thing that we've all sort mm -hmm. of said is like, and be hold honest. on to what you know to be true. Yeah. Be yeah. honest with about who you are. Hold on to, you know, what you know to be true and you're not the only one out there. Yeah. And it's hard for everyone. I think it's hard for everyone and in different ways. Do not take that statement out of context because aliens. aliens still do not exist. <laughs> and we, we may there. be the only ones out here oh, no. in the universe, but you human are not the only one transitioning. Hmm. Abigail? <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And once again, you've reached inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk, Talk to you next, next time. time.